0: It comes to my time to give thoughts on the terrible events that started on Friday, actually while I was on air. Now, there are two ways to do this, and you've heard it right the way through the weekend with every host, and we all agonize about this sort of thing. One is to sit here and talk about my feelings. But I don't know, it seems a bit redundant because we all know how we feel, and just because I have a microphone, it doesn't mean I have a monopoly on feelings. Sometimes you do this so that people go, oh, yeah, we're not alone, but I know we're not alone. And, of course, these feelings could be a number of things, including, uh, most notably today, anger. And on this day, two and a half days on, it's the funny time, isn't it? It's the time to keep a bit of a lid on our most emotional impulses before we all go and say something we regret later. It's time to begin a slower process towards coming to terms with this stuff. Not to say we have to bury it, but let's just tie ho a little. So that's one way we could, I could have talked about my feelings or I could talk about what do we do next about this? And you're hearing that already. Nothing wrong with it. Strengthening of our gun boards, monitoring of loose units. But, you know, it does actually still seem a little soon to me. But at least these are concrete things that can concentrate our minds and at least give us something to talk about and, and try and do something. Do something, you know. But, uh, frankly, myself, when I woke up this morning, I'm still thinking uh, about the victims. The 50 victims who are dead and nearly 150 who got shot or were injured out of the 500 that were in the two mosques. You know, I was listening to the Jacinda Ardern interview this morning, and... I'm not criticizing, but I noticed there was not one mention of the victims in that talk at the time. There was talk about the impossibility of monitoring the lone wolves. There was talk about strengthening gun laws, even talk about strengthening security on regional flights. But there was nothing about the Muslim community of Christchurch. Now, I'm not blaming anyone. This is just how people are in a hurry to move on from something terrible. But I'm not totally ready to move on quite yet. I want to think about this and I want to know about this. I want to hear how the grave digging was going, believe it or not. How the grave digging was going, whether the state was stepping in to help, because time is of the essence, isn't it? I was wondering about the victims' families and how the government is going to help them going forward. So many breadwinners gone from so many families. You know, the victims last for a generation. In fact I'm wondering about long term support for this community in Christchurch. So this date, the 15th of March 2010, 15319, numbers are very important in these things. 15319 is remembered as a time of ongoing kindness by the Muslim community from their fellow New Zealanders. So it doesn't get sort of enshrined as a date of martyrdom and revenge. And that's a concept um, you just have to look at the gun of that guy. Now, this is the problem I have. It feels to me as though the event is still centered around that man. The more he is minimized, the less he can motivate similarly unbalanced minds. From the start, I have regretted that he was ever named. That's a name that no one needs to know. I understand the convention of law. But this is not a conventional crime. I've regretted that any image of him has been published, even the pixelated ones, because a paper in Australia published a photo of him in the dock flashing a sign well known to people who think like him. And I suppose the paper thought, oh, they'll be horrified to see that he's doing that, but didn't even think that some people will be ecstatic that he did that. Didn't need to be seen. This man needs to disappear quietly and legally. I want the whole trial in camera. I know, and by in camera, you know what that means, in secret. I want it in front of a judge and a jury, and that's it. And maybe a, you know, independent observers to make sure that the rule of law is taken. And I know, you know social dem- it's not part of democracy, but that's the only way this man can be minimized. Look what he's, we just heard just now. He wants to represent himself. I don't want to hear him. I want a judge and a jury to hear him. I don't want to hear him. Now final final point here. The last time I was in front of a microphone was at 5 to 4 on a Friday when a piece of paper was passed to me with the first confirmation of a fatality. 5 to 4. Things started at 136, right? And then I read that out on air. It was the first time I said anyone had died, five to four. That's how proper media works. I mean, we had many reports from bystanders of fatalities, but we waited for confirmation from multiple sources and official sources. We reported that there were bodies lying on the ground. We did not report that there were fatalities until five to four when we were told by the police it can be confirmed. That's how a proper media works. Facebook is not proper media. Facebook Live even more so. Facebook could not have vetted something that was going out live on a ridiculous platform. Facebook Live gives the power of anyone to broadcast anything. I'm surprised more atrocities have not already been unleashed on that platform. Don't worry, Mark Zuckerberg. No one will mind in the least. Why don't you walk down the hall, go into the office, talk to someone, and get rid of Facebook Live right now.